Hello and welcome to the Happiness Injection with me, Shanette. My objective is to get you off your head with happiness. That's why it's called the Happiness Injection, because I'm going to inject you with happiness. And I'm going to create happiness within you without drugs or alcohol. And guess what? No calories are involved in this process. So for the next 20 minutes, relax and let's get you happy. Now, I'm actually here today with a special guest. It's the woman who gave birth to me. It's the woman who gave birth to the chronically over-happy Shanette. It's Shanette's mum. But before I introduce Shanette's mum, let me tell you about what we're going to be talking about today. Now, in my book, Happiness, the Root Map to Inner Joy, then we talk about the land of marshmallows and unicorns. Now, this is the land I live in, and I think if I take you back in time to 1972, which was actually the year of my birth, Roger Hargreaves wrote a book called Mr. Happy. And in this book, Mr. Happy lives in happy land. And that's what I think the land of marshmallows and unicorns is about. It's about those people who just live in happy land. We just seem to have a way about us that we just get through life, even though things happen You know, I read a quote this week that said, sometimes you're the statue, sometimes you're the pigeon. (laughs) I thought that was quite a good joke. And in life, sometimes you are the statue and sometimes pigeons poo on you. But it's how do you get through those times? Now, I'm here with Shanette's mum and we've just had a crazy day yesterday, haven't we? We did indeed. Do you want to say hello, Shanette's mum? Hello everyone, I'm Shanette's mum. And you gave birth to oh, happiness. and I gave birth to her, yeah. <laughs> and two other children as well, oh, well we won't yeah. talk about them. Uh, now, the thing is, is that yesterday when we were travelling, we had a happiness testing kind of day. We were driving to the airport, we weren't flying anywhere exotic, or maybe we were flying somewhere exotic, we were flying to Cardiff in South Wales, another happy place in the country, and um, we were we we had our happiness on because we were going on a three day adventure, and we started driving to the airport, and we didn't have much time to get there because I hadn't had my eyelashes done, and when we were in the traffic, the traffic came to a halt. And I turned to Jeanette's mum and I said, do you know what? This is all right because we're happy people. We can cope with this. We are going to think of a plan B while we're sat in the traffic, but hopefully the traffic will get moving. And then we discussed, didn't we? And we said, uh, we said, right, we'll give it till a certain time and then we'll just turn around when we get to the next because junction. Because we missed the flight. Because <laughs> we missed the flight. Um You'll be pleased to know we got just past the accident at the time that we said we would give it to. So we so we chanced our arm and we and we flew to the airport literally in my car. Um, and then when we got to the airport, um, we probably shouldn't say the brand um, Easy and Jet, but we had to weigh in our luggage. Now my luggage when I got there was eight kilos over. So we had to, the girl said that comedy thing, you will have to unload 
your suitcase. So there, in front of the check-in, the baggage weigh-in, I'm there and I'm taking out my pants and my mum's pants and everything else and we're putting them into another suitcase and then, da, 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 then I weighed it again. It was one kilo off the mark. The plane was literally revving its engines on the landing strip and she said, you'll have to get this one kilo out. So the girl turns to it and cut a long story short, we flew through security and we were the last remaining passengers being tannoyed as we went through the airport and when we went up the steps we were like <laughs> like this and, and Shanette's mum ain't got that many weeks as Shanette have mm-hmm. you how many weeks have you got left 527 oh at this time <laughs> oh dear well and so poor Shanette's mum's up the ramp of the aircraft and we're into the thing and the steward said Madam, if you need vodka during this flight, then I'll have to see your ID. <laughs> that was like <laughs> happiness started again because at my age, when somebody says they want to see your ID, you feel happy, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'd die a shock. <laughs> so then we got on the flight, the flight was smooth, we had a Twix, it was exciting, we landed, our luggage had arrived, bought all of it, and so we set off to the to the hotel. Now, even the hire car man had been nice to us after that, so, we, so, our, so our negativity had turned into positivity, and we got to this hotel, and we checked in, and we went upstairs, and the room was under par shall we say yes. under par so the room was under par and my mum pointed out that it could have done with a hoover before we arrived so we actually phoned down and said look not being funny but the room could do with a hoover and they said don't worry we'll send someone up the next thing while we were debating whether to stay in this hotel or not a man knocked on the door with his backpack and coat with a hoover and he said there you go <laughs> we were expected to hoover the room ourselves now we could have stayed at home and done our own hoovering if we wanted to so we made a decision there and then and we checked out and for about five minutes in the car park we were hotelless until we phoned up another hotel and now we're actually recording this podcast from this fabulous hotel in south wales and and it's gorgeous and we are staying here now for three days and the staff are making it extra special for us because they know our trauma. So what I want Jeanette's mum to talk about is, in my childhood after you'd given birth to me, what do you think in your upbringing of me has made me an overly happy person? What would you say when we were... When, when I was younger and you were looking after me and because five years it was five years before you had my other brother um but what would you say what would you say in childhood was important to create happy children well the time you were born we didn't have a lot of money and we didn't have television Ooh, in our we house. didn't have television no that was my little hippie bit that that was oh. Not that was your choice. <laughs> yes, it was a choice. People did have televisions. And um, a lot of mums stayed at home in those days and because they were actually not allowed to work, married women, in some places. And where I worked, that was one of them. Um, so on an afternoon, we used to all go out, all the mums, and meet at the local park. So from a very early age, you were outside in the fresh air, enjoying yourself with lots of other kids 
And um, we played and we stayed there all afternoon until it was time. Did we go on the swings? You went on the swings and the roundabouts and you could all toddle. And we talked all the time, you and I, because we were on our own together. um, And we talked all the time. And you spoke from a very early age and never stopped since. And when we went home, there wasn't a lot of toys. So we used to do things like bake, make a big thing of bath time and bedtime and story time. I I always remember you reading stories because I used to love stories and and, and Mr Men's stories wasn't it yeah because that there wasn't a lot of children's books then no, there was wasn't. there so so there was the Ladybird books though wasn't there do you remember when you used to it, when you used to read Cinderella and she had three dress changes yeah and uh, you know this modern Cinderella she only goes to the ball once the one I had went Aww. three times I Aww. think that's why I've been married twice because I need a third well, like <laughs> third ball <laughs> I think it's cheaper just to have your own parties um, so we baked and we cooked and um, and outside was really important I think all that fresh air running around you went to bed on a night absolutely shattered yeah I see I think that's a top parenting tip for happiness is, is um, this is a podcast about happiness, but lots of people listening are probably parents with children. And people often say, how do I get them off the devices? I think you just have to make them get off the devices, go outside, run across fields, run down hills, roll down hills. You know, once you're doing that, you don't really think about your device, do you? Mm. And then the thing is, it's like my mum says, and, and this is what I did with my four children is, then they're tired and they go to sleep. Mm. You don't have any of that don't want to go to sleep or not sleeping because they've been outside and I, I think being outside not 10 minutes not 15 oh. minutes I think a good hour two hours you know I always laugh because I used to walk my children about six miles through the woods and then we never had any problems after that did we with no, sleep no so what about what about your own childhood I mean technology is great isn't it but what about your own childhood what things in your own childhood made you happy well, most of the time, um, we lived abroad, so that was good. Because you were military. Because we were military, yeah. And we were outside all the time, all the time. Even when we lived in England, we were outside, because if you stayed in, you got housework and jobs to do. And that was all the kids. That was So we'd all go out, and all go out in gangs and disappear off to the beach, the woods. So if we look at that then, in our childhood, outdoors, you know, I, I was bought. In the 70s, you were born in the what? 50s. (laughs) Just. (laughs) (laughs) She was born in the 50s and I was born in the 70s. And I think that outdoors plays a big part in my life now. Like if I feel a bit miserable during the day, if my happy goes down, if I go outside, like this hotel we've come to now, we've got a a door that opens onto this magnificent view of Cardiff um, and Penarth and right out across the, the... the Bristol Channel and it's just beautiful isn't it but breathing in that air looking at that view even for 10 minutes as an adult lifts your happiness doesn't it and actually stills you you're crazy really because we had a crazy day yesterday but as soon as we pulled into that car park and we looked at the view and we had our dinner I mean the dinner was magnificent but we had a, a dinner looking over that view as well didn't we um I think that's something that in the land of marshmallows and unicorns, it really is about looking 
looking and yeah. seeing the world yeah. and being outside actually being in part the world. Of it. It's being part of the world. Yeah. I mean, we wonder why Norway, Sweden and Finland and countries like that are the happiest countries in the world. And I think that's probably because most of their life is spent outdoors, even though it's freezing. Mm. You know, I always make a joke about them and say And they that, all have hot tubs. <laughs> That was one I of the right reasons. I really like hot tubs. I know, but I that think... was cited as one of the reasons. Was it? That they have hot tubs. I always think a hot tub is like human soup. I know. Yeah. But we're is. English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd have a hot tub. The woman down my street has a hot tub, and she has a very good time in that hot tub <laughs> every Saturday night with her friends. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Maybe the hot tub happiness is the new a new brand. So... Or perhaps it's that they—it's a time where you're sitting, you're peaceful, you can't really do anything apart from talk to other people. You couldn't read or do anything like that in your hot tub. So it's like a you time. You have a device. No. And you've got bubbles up your bum. <laughs> and you could have bubbles in a glass as well if you wished. <laughs> no alcohol in oh. our happiness, okay. mother. I meant sparkling water. <laughs> Lemonade. <laughs> elderflower cordial for the posh um so since i started spread the happiness um what would you say how have i infected you with happiness and and um, my stepdad john how have i infected and impacted on your life because we're all really close you work for me but we're really close anyway and she lives around the corner from me but what what would you say has happened to your life since we started spread the happiness I think it's made me reflect on life more I and mean, appreciate life more. I retired nearly six years ago, which is about the time we started all this, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, And um, All this happiness. All this happiness stuff. <laughs> For that was too stress working. Um, and it's made me aware and also know that when our happiness levels dip for whatever reason, can get them back up again. And the... We're, you know, personally, I am responsible for my own happiness and and that I now do things more that not only make me happy, but make other people happy. Yeah. And it's kind of become, I think, in our family and, you know, all of our family, including your children, even though they're teenagers, they know about happiness and how important it is for themselves. Mm. And I think as well, like one of the biggest things for us at Spread the Happiness is we started our own charity through our work in happiness because one of the things that people talk about in happiness is random acts of kindness. But how many people actually do random acts of kindness? And we started doing them and then we went to London and we got taught by the Seek Welfare Awareness team how to feed the homeless properly. And our big passion, because my mum was a head teacher as well, so one of our big passions is feeding children in poverty in the school holidays because lots of people don't understand child poverty and they blame the parents of the children in poverty. But each child born into a family in poverty doesn't make that choice to be born into that family. And if you think that most of the UK, most of the world is either obese or overweight and trying to lose weight, then ideally... You know, there shouldn't be hungry children in, in the no. UK. There should be hungry children in the world, but there shouldn't be hungry children in the UK. So we started a charity called Spreading the Happiness. Um, can you just say a little bit about that? Because it looks like you're going to... You, you've just been on a course, haven't you? And you were just talking about that. 
Yeah, the the charity itself um, just started off small and we provided hampers every half term when possible um, to a school in high level of deprivation. And we started off with 50 hampers. Um, we're now up to 100 hampers. So we just... And we're just about to take on a third school. So that'll be a third school and we're hoping that the original school each holiday will get the right, correct amount. Yes. Because the head teacher always says of that school, how many hampers have we got? We say like 70 this time. And he says, right, I'll give them to the 70 most needy. And that's the shocking part for us is the 70 most needy. That there's actually other children, have families that need that food and we just can't, we haven't got the the resources to do that but when we do it though now it was just me and you originally Mm -hmm. and then we then 10 volunteers i've just counted up yeah 10 volunteers now we have my local gym helps us and raises money for us the local store the local co-op when you'd co-op does and the actual ripple i've just thought about that when you said we started off with 50 and now we're at 100 but also all the people that help us. Yeah. And every two weeks we provide um, either home baking or chocolate and crisps or uh, toothbrushes and toothpaste and soap for our homeless shelter. And there's 48 rooms in the homeless shelter. So we actually provide for 48. But one of our Spread the Happiness team, Shani, she actually lives... um, closer to Newcastle than we do and she's providing 70 uh, uh her and her mum yeah her and her mum and Shani so so we're baking so and we love it don't we yeah, we, we bake for, for these 50 people who we never get to see and we never and the feeling it gives you inside of especially you know as a retired person I've got so much purpose yeah, you know, it's that like I haven't retired and I'm not still making a difference in the world because I am, and yeah. it's just brilliant. And Shani's mom is about the same age yeah. as you, and she has actually said that it's changed her life. Yeah, uh, feeding these seventy uh, homeless people, and also, you know, we do street walks where we go out and find rough sleepers as well. But the more we tell other people about this, the more other people do and if you want to after this podcast go out and do a random act of kindness it only takes like giving somebody something um just one Mm. just one person and you've made a difference you've made a massive difference why don't you try it in fact let's set a challenge let's set a challenge at the end of this podcast for everyone who listens to this to go out and do a random act of kindness and there's a quote isn't there i think um it's a famous person, I can't think off the top of my head, but he says, how can we change the world one random act of kindness at a time? Mm-hmm. And I think that is exactly what we need to do. So everybody, call to action. Put down, press stop at the end of this and go off and do your random act of kindness. Then don't forget to tweet us, at Jeanette Basson, what you did, so that we can share it with the rest of the world and inspire others. And don't forget as well, you can email us, via our website at shanettebassonwood.com and we also have a Facebook page, Shanette Basson. Thanks for joining us for this podcast and big thanks to Shanette's mum for giving birth to me and giving me such a fabulous <laughs> oh, it was, 4,000 It was a, a pleasure. <laughs>
Please live longer than, than 500 odd weeks, though, because who will cook the Christmas dinner? Thanks, everyone, for joining us. See you next time. Bye.